Friends, welcome back to the podcast. We've got another great episode for you today. But before we get started with content, we want to remind you who we are at Stay Forth Designs. We help leaders to get healthy so they can reach sustainable impact. You're going to continue to hear us say that you don't have to burn out, flame out, or have a moral failure if you are going to live and lead at a high capacity. Friends, we are coaches here at Stay Forth. We help leaders to clarify through that coaching. We are hosts. We host experiences that help leaders of all kinds, kingdom leaders who love Jesus and are serving in all different facets of culture and society. We help them to replenish, to go away to beautiful places with amazing people to connect and to return back to the life that God has given them. If you're interested in coaching or experiences, you can find more info on how we live out our mission through coaching and experiences over at stayforth.com. Just click on the tab. You can also visit in the show notes below. But friends, I want to tell you about something that we've launched in this last season. We're calling it the Upstream Campaign. There are all kinds of leadership issues that we hear about in the news. And frankly, there's a whole lot that you don't hear about because there's smaller churches there are smaller leadership organizations, teams, or nonprofits that will never make the news. But there is an epidemic of burnout, even mental health, that is upon us right now. And we are concerned. We lean in through that concern to help leaders of all different facets. Again, whether you are a mom or a CEO, a dad, or someone who's leading a podcast, an online influencer, a coach yourself, you name it. If you have kingdom influence, we want to help you. But we don't just want to help you right now. We actually want to go upstream with you. Desmond Tutu has a quote. He says, if all the bodies are falling in the river, at some point we've got to go upstream and figure out why all the bodies are falling in the river. Friends, there is leadership carnage today. Many of our systems and structures, the hustle culture, our culture saying drive, do more, push harder, just isn't going to do it. Jesus presents this abundant life that is actually about abiding. How do we abide in Christ? How do we abide as leaders who are called to really significant things? We are not called to easy work, but the question is, how do we do that for the long haul and live and lead as God has designed us? And so we have launched the Upstream Campaign to help scholarship and subsidize leaders to be able to get coaching and experiences that helps them live and lead well for the long haul for free or for a discounted rate. Friends, we are boldly asking listeners of this podcast to consider giving. And you can give as little as $10 a month to help. Maybe it's a leader who you know, or maybe it's a leader you will never meet to get healthy, to reach more impact. That giving goes directly to subsidize or to scholarship leaders for coaching to help them clarify, experiences to help them replenish. We want leaders to be able to be as healthy as they can be, to do what God has designed them to do so they can be as effective as possible in that. Friends, we are calling you into this mission with us to join the Upstream campaign, to give so that we can continue to handle and steward the influence God has brought to us, these leaders that are coming to us, people who need coaching, who need experiences, and who are at risk. They may not be able to afford this. That's where you come in. We're asking you to help fund these leaders through coaching and experiences when they can't afford it. Will you come upstream with us to help at-risk ministry leaders receive coaching and experiences 
Friends, will you join the mission to help leaders get healthy and reach more impact? You can just head on over to stayforth.com backslash upstream. That's S-T-A-Y-F-O-R-T-H dot com backslash upstream. Go ahead and take a look at that, what we've lined out, and we invite you to give starting at $10 a month to help at-risk ministry leaders get healthy and reach more impact. Now, on to this episode of the podcast. Well, friends, I've got Joel Malm back on the podcast. If I can do a short interview, I may mess this up. Joel, correct me if I'm wrong. You lead adventures all over the world um, with leaders, and you and I are such similar. Um, I just think the way that we learn, the way that we push people, the way that we grow, and, and how we appreciate learning as well, um, experiential learners. And I always hear you kind of like, we're going to try this. We're going to push the envelope. We're going to take this next step. And sometimes this next step is you're physically climbing peaks with people. Is that a fair intro? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. You've just explained me. Thank you. (laughs) I'll take it. I'll take it. Awesome. You're welcome. Worth its weight in gold. Uh, We love having you here on the podcast. I mean, author, but more than that, um, beyond just a thought leader, you're taking risks. You're actually doing your next thing. We always have stuff to talk about when we reconnect. And so thought we'd kind of jump around, talk a little about your life, the leaders that you are in relationship, what you're seeing, some of the projects you're working on um, right now. And so first of all, um, you're generally heading across the world somewhere with leaders to do something cool. Uh, tell us just a little bit about some of the experiences that you host and curate. Uh, yeah, well, we've it's, it's evolving, uh, kind of as everything has been evolving over the last 18 months. Uh, typically, our adventures are a four to five day, sometimes seven if we're doing a big mountain hike uh, with a goal in mind. And, you know, we're, we're going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro or we're going to raft through the Grand Canyon or we're going to climb to the top of Half Dome or we're going to hike to Machu Picchu. Uh, so that's been the typical way we do it. And um, we've had some pretty prominent authors. Typically, uh, the way we got started was we started taking pretty well-known leaders in the U S particularly authors. And instead of them having them go speak to 18,000 in an arena, they speak to 18 over a four day period, really high touch type conversation stuff. Love that. Um, So we've, we've done some of those. And then uh, a couple of what kind of happened is a couple of those people wrote about our adventures in their books which consequently brought a flood of people. <laughs> so uh, what we've been able to do now is, is build the trips and um, I do them based on books that I've written. So I've written a, a few books and we talk about different themes in those. And uh, I learned so much, I kind of process my life as I'm hiking. So uh, that's a lot of my books talk about things. I funny thing, things I've learned while leading people on hikes. So that's, that's what uh, we've been doing. Um, this year was a little bit of a twist because one of our, our key kind of a linchpin trips that we do every year is the Inca Trail, the hike to Machu Picchu. But the Inca Trail was closed for COVID. Um, so we had to do this weird hybrid trip and it turned out real good. It involved uh, planes, trains, rafts, and automobiles. It was, you know, very different than what we typically do. Typically what they do is they drop us off and we hike to Machu Picchu, but we did a very unique trip. Um, amazing thing about it. When we got to Machu Picchu and I've been there dozens of times, 
there was not a soul in the park. I've wow. never seen anything like it. It was like we had just discovered it, except somebody had already cleaned it up for us. <laughs> when they <laughs> right. discovered it, it was covered with vines. But we walked in. I was like, I, I, I felt like they were irritated with me because I was like, guys, you don't understand. This never happens. Right. That uh, I was like, that's COVID. That is the opportunities we've had right now. I think it scared people away from a lot of the normal things. And the ones who didn't cancel the trip, didn't cancel the thing, get the gold. I've heard that so many different times. I mean, that is like yep. the analogy of risk takers the last few years. There is opportunity like crazy for people who've reinvented, adapted, tweaked, been flexible. Um, and I've heard yep. that in so many different ways, not just you know money or investment, the other side of it, but like most people are canceling the stuff that they did before. I'm curious, Joel, for you, you've had a little bit more time. You have had to, you know, cancel and be flexible with some of the things you normally did. How have you allocated or reallocated your time during the last 18 months? Yeah. So I've, I've had two major shifts that I've had to make and I've realized this. Um, one is I've had to figure out what is my greatest reach point. And for me, I've never really thought of myself as a writer. I write out of utility but I've started to realize that writing has my greatest potential for reaching. You know, um, I'm also a teaching pastor at a church when I'm in town and I fill in for, for uh, pastors that are on sabbatical. I have this weird gig where I fill in for like a month at a time for pastors that are taking break. And um, I, so I do that, but I, I've realized, you know, I can, I can spend 10 hours preparing a message or I can spend 10 hours writing two chapters in a book and the, the longevity of that book, it's going to reach, I mean, it, I mean, I get letters from people all over the place and I'm just like, this is crazy. Yep. I'm sitting here in my office writing things that I've thought through and worked through and learned. And some dude across the world is writing me and saying, this book impacted me. I'm like, that's, that's some mega impact. And, you know, for some people, it may be video. You may realize video or the, like yep. with you, you've got an awesome podcast that's reaching people all over the place. You got to kind of figure out your medium, what it is yep. that works best for you. So I figured that out for me. So no doubt, I spend a lot of time preparing messages, uh, but the ultimate goal of every message is I need to get it in a writing format. And so I've become super zealous, <laughs> there's mm -hmm. a biblical word, about that. I've got to get it in writing. And so what scrappy I'll do sometimes is... Scrappy is probably the right word. Scrappy, yeah. So Focus. what I'll do sometimes, I, I hire somebody to actually, um, uh, what do you call it when they write the write what you've said? They go listen to my message after it's recorded and write it out. Um, there's a word for that. Well, like scribing? Anyways, yeah, yeah, scribe it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I go and clean it up a little bit later, but I want to have all that accessible to me. The second thing I've had to realize is, and this is where I started to realize is I need to become an active participant in my own survival. Now I've always been about this, right? Um, but COVID showed me that I need to have a place that I can continue doing what I'm called to do on my terms. Um, you know, I don't, I don't need to depend on, on, on you know, a hotel being open or a, a park being open. So what I set out to do is I, I went out and bought 16 acres with my dad and we're actually building our own retreat center. Cause I'm like, if, if all else fails, if the world shuts down again, I need to keep calling what I'm called to do on my terms so we can yep. bring people to us. And we didn't have that before. Um, the, the ability to bring people to us. I know you've kind of been doing the same thing is realizing yeah. I, I need a place that's on my terms that people can come and whether the world shut down or not, we're staying open. Yeah. So that's been the two things I've, I've kind of looked at realizing, you know, you assume it's always going to be this way, but it's not. And we may have another shutdown. I mean, right. the way things are, who knows what's going to happen, right. but yeah, I got to keep doing what I'm called to do. And I've got to figure out 
uh, you know, Nassim Taleb talks about that. He's like, how do you remove the downsides and maximize the upsides? Yep. And so that's what I'm working on. Yeah. I'm hearing two things there. Um, first of all, unique design that we talk a lot about at Stay Forth is you're figuring out your unique design. Can't live into it if you don't know it. And you are naming some things. And then that whole life on your own terms thing uh, in a good way is, you know, we, for our Stay Forth experiences, have been at the mercy of other people. We had a flood once, canceled previously our largest experience we'd ever had at that time. Uh, and, you know, because of that, we paid thousands of dollars extra uh, for that experience. Um, we've, you know, we're, we use Airbnbs and you never quite know if it's as big or as nice as it is inside, as the pictures say. Uh, and so we're trying to eliminate some of the obstacles that have created the anxiety for us and created that, oh yep. man, obviously you can't bring Machu Picchu to San Antonio area, but what can you <laughs> do? And what we've found too is, you know, crafting the experience around things, things that we already know. When you mm -hmm. bring leaders to your own spot, it's easier to do the research. And I know Colorado like the back of my hand. And so I can take them to this cool spot, this cliff jumping spot, this hot springs, this pass, this hike, this stream. And to them, that's worth its weight in gold. To me, that's just natural. And I forget that yep. that's valuable. So those are a couple of things I've been learning as well. Um, you know, what, what, what that brings up in my mind is this, uh, you know, in writing, they say, always write what you know, because you think everybody knows what you know, but you uniquely know what you know. Yeah, so good. don't assume everyone knows what you know. So write what you know, and that will reach people. So that good. fits with that. You know, Colorado. So you're like, I don't need to create something I don't know. I'm going to go with yeah. what I know. I'm, I'm positioned here strategically. But the curse of knowledge says, um, you it's, forget, you forget that, oh, this could be valuable to somebody else, right? I've been podcasting. I don't know. We're over 250 episodes in and I get somebody, I think without exaggeration, once a week, somebody says, I want to launch a podcast. How'd you do it? And so we then put a podcast boot camp together, um, yep. with me and then Jonathan shout out. He's our editor. He does all the tech stuff behind the scenes. It's a partnership. And so we did a one week boot camp because somebody just physically has tons of questions. And then on Friday, we had questions of, you know, answered that Monday morning they had, and they had a sort of pathway to do that. You just forget because we've been doing things long enough. We just hit record. Um, and so I wonder if you're listening to this, what do you already know that is way more valuable than you think? What's already in your head? What do you already do? What's in your thought patterns? What are things you're amazing at? I mean, maybe it's planning vacations. Maybe it's taking time off. Maybe it's um, you know, writing, maybe it's expressing your thoughts. Maybe you're incredible at video content. Um, and so I think that's something for you to pause this episode and actually ask, what do people ask me about? What, what am I good at and good enough to make other people take their next few steps, um, where they feel stuck or petrified or whatever it is. Um, man, let's talk a little bit about 2022, um, at the cusp of new year here. What are a few areas you think leaders are going to have to pay special attention to in 2022? One of the things that we've been, I've been learning is I've been working with, with several, several churches is that it, we can't, and I'm, this sounds so, if you've been listening to any podcast or anything, this sounds so repetitive, but I think there's something really deep there. You can't assume we're going back to business as normal. We're all kind of holding out, buckled down thinking, oh, we got to get, once we get back to X, but I see churches that are literally having to start over right? I mean, they're just starting over and they've got a whole new flock of people. And I think what, what this has done, and this is going to sound brutal. Okay. But this is the way of nature. This is the way of the world. Bring it. 
these, these things come along that winnow out the weak. And listen, we're called to reach out to the weak. Uh, the meekness is using your strength to help the weak. But it's that thing we were talking about a minute ago. Fortune favors the bold. We have seen right now who the people we thought we could depend on as leaders, we can't, right? And um, I heard Horace Schultz, I was in an event recently that he was at, and he said this, he's like, you've got to figure out who's the best and let go of all the rest. And now that sounds brutal, but it's to the blessing of the benefit of everybody else. When you decide, here's who I've got on board that's with me and they're not afraid and we're going to move forward with them. And it may be somebody you totally did not expect. You're like them. No, them. No, I would not have put them on my team. And yet they've been there standing strong through all this nuttiness. Well, and and Um, let's redefine. I mean, Horace Schultz is the head of Ritz Carlton. So, you know, right, right. the guy knows a few things about excellence, but even within that, we have to redefine excellence. I've been yep. talking with pretty much all of my coaching clients. Let's say you lost part of your team. You lost part of your congregation. You lost part of, you know, your operating team at your business. Um, you have to redefine excellence because if excellence mm-hmm. is reaching what it was, I'm tired of in a pre-COVID world. I don't care what pre-COVID was. That is a couple years ago, but what is excellence now? What's your definition of it? And honestly, what's an excellent employee? And to me, it's that hungry person that keeps showing up. They keep growing. Yep. They keep getting better. They're gritty versus the person that was coasting in a pre-COVID world is trying to go back. This person is going to or has already surpassed them, Joel. So I've actually been amazed at the kind of leaders that just put their head down. They kept executing and suddenly they're a different kind of leader than they were a couple of years ago. They're gritty, they're scrappy, they've really made advances. And, and we see that with some of the coaches that come onto our coaching network. Some of the ones that are just starting, they do the things we ask them to do. They take their next steps, they activate, and people are just drawn to that. What are your thoughts on that? Talk about excellence a little bit, maybe how we need to redefine some of our view of excellence. Yeah, well, I mean, excellence... Excellence depends on the, you know, you've got to start with the end in mind. What's your end game? And that's how you define what excellence is in getting there. Uh, if, if you're a pastor of a church, you say, what's an end game? Like, what does a Sunday morning need to look like where we go, here's a win. Um, if you're a business, uh, you know, running a restaurant, what does it need to look like right now, like a win in this environment? If you're in a state that's still locked down, which crazy enough, there are still states that are locked down. I heard there some states are limiting again capacity. So you're like, here we go again. What's it going to have to be the shift that you've got to make in your restaurant to make sure that excellence is executed? Um, and, and it may be, I've been fascinated here with like, for example, a lot of the Chick-fil-A's here, they're still not open in the dining room. And I was like, why? And they're like, because we can't give the experience we need in the dining room. So we're just going with the drive through and the pickup. And I'm like, Hey, I, I can, I can Respect swallow that. that. Like, yeah. 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 It's like, if you know, you can't ex- execute and, and, and in the way you need to do it, then maybe you need to, Maybe you need to stick with what's working well for now until you can figure out how to ex- execute that, yeah. uh, you know, in a good way. But again, it comes down to what's the end game. So for me, uh, my end game with my adventures is I want to change a perspective in my in my uh, my team members. What's our formula? Mark Batterson threw it out: change of pace plus change of place equals change of perspective. The thing is, I get an idea in my mind about what needs to happen to have a change of perspective, but I forget you can have a change of perspective going to the local park. So what's the inherent val- like what's the inherent thing we're doing in the trip that's creating the change of perspective and whether we get to hike the full Inca trail or not, 
how do we create with the, with the cards we've been dealt? How do we create yep. the experience? So it may mean we do something totally different, but it still creates a change of perspective. That's good. Yeah. Sometimes I say to somebody just either maybe you can get out of the zip code, or maybe you go to a new restaurant or coffee shop. There are restaurants that smell completely different, serve completely different types of food in this city um, that I would think I'm in another city, but they're a few minutes from my house. Um, and so I'm going to eat Cuban food uh, right after this, meeting up with somebody and it's a completely different experience, right? Well, hear very little English spoken. Um, the coffee and the food is amazing. And yet even that I find is less than a mile away from, from where I work and where I live, but it's really helpful for me. I think about um, the change of place as well is that sometimes we have the greatest experience to run to. I mean, when you hike the Inca trail, it's hard not to just like dial in, in that amazing experience. Some life change is going to happen, but you got to work a little bit harder for it in Texas, right? So how do you create near San Antonio, that level of perspective shift? And what we've seen is a lot of times it's around a table that we have it. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, Colorado's gorgeous, right? It's hard not to have a perspective shift. But we've done these in, we did one in Fort Worth, Texas. We've done one in other places that weren't that win. So we actually had to work harder, I think, and scrap a little bit more to be more intentional. Um, and perhaps we sometimes over-rely on the experience and under-rely on the process, the preparation, the questions, even the, the relational connection there. Yeah. I, I mean, that's one thing I've been learning is I forget because, you know, naturally the people that come on my trips are people who are looking for the epic experience, Kilimanjaro, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, who's going to sign up to do that except somebody who's got the guts to do it. Right. But I realized there are a lot of people in my church who to go to our local park here where there's a giant granite mountain called Enchanted Rock. That's a stretch. So what I've, 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 what God has been doing for me, I feel is expanding my horizons to say it doesn't have, not everybody's going to be able to climb you know, to Machu Picchu or Mount Kilimanjaro or have the money to raft the Grand Canyon. But everybody needs a change of perspective from time to time. So I'm reaching a new group of people where I'm saying, yeah, it's not my ideal. I, I would love to be, you know, hiking a 14,000 footer. But right now, all I've got is a 2,000 footer here. But that's enough for a lot of people because yep. what they're used to is a, a cubicle. Yep, right. <laughs> so right. to get them out of their cubicle is going to be a massive thing. I mean, to get them out of their town and their pattern is a thing. Yep. So, uh, I've been, it's been cool how the Lord has kind of been forcing me to open up to a new group of people that it's not that I haven't felt called to them. It's just, that hasn't been who I've been focused on, uh, reaching them. So yeah, it's, it's, I've been kind of forced into it, but I like it. And one more thought on, on a perspective shift. I think the, the busier the world gets, the least utilized tool that we've got is solitude. And Whenever I take groups of leaders, I mean, without exception, Joel, whenever I take groups of leaders out and say, all right, you're going to sit in creation somewhere, again, local park, trees, wilderness area, not necessarily on a 12,000 foot pass, although we've done that before, um, and come back here in two hours. Here's the question to think through. Every single time there is a perspective shift. And I just think that we've underutilized that tool. I've taken young leaders and just grabbed them and gone to a monastery before when they were just overwhelmed. Give me your phone. We're going to leave them in the car and two hours, right? A couple hours. We could fit, you know, a meeting or a long lunch in that amount of time. Massive perspective shift. So I think that um, what I don't want you to hear in this conversation, if you're listening is, oh, these guys lead epic adventures or cool experiences, you know, across the country or the world. Of course, they're seeing that 
go to a different place in your city. Get some solitude mm-hmm. time. Leave your phone behind. Um, don't scroll and check email. Instead, go home early and go, you know, in your neighborhood for a walk. Like, I just think it's right there in front of us, like what God has for us. And even the margin, the space, the ability to dream that I think we've been so locked into our rhythms, routines, technology that we just haven't utilized that tool because we certainly don't have to go to Machu Picchu. A couple of weeks ago, I was invited to speak at a church and I was super early and I noticed right next door to it was a Syrian Orthodox church. And I'm like, what the heck is Syrian Orthodox? I went in and I sat in this service and it was so foreign to me, but man, it peaked something in me. And now I'm like tearing through books on the Syrian Orthodox wow. church. I'm learning about this whole other part of Christianity that we've, I didn't know anything about, but it's a huge wow. deal. And That's cool. they were the major evangelizers of the East, the Syriac Orthodox. And I'm like, Oh, uh, you know, we, we think we're the first people to get this. <laughs> this has been going on for centuries yep. and it, but it peaked something in me. I didn't, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, and uh, just good. the willingness to step into that church and see this holy foreign. And then, you know, and then I'm going to yeah. the church where I'm speaking where there's rock and roll music and lights and smoke and stuff. I'm like, it's just wild. It, right. it was a, quite a shift. Sure. Well, that, um, yeah, I, I think the experience is peace is what I hear in that as well. So we're overwhelmed with information. We're hungry for experiences. And the experience could be walking 100 feet uh, somewhere, going to a new restaurant and it is, it is not, oh, someday when I can, whatever. Here's married couples a lot. Like, oh, someday we'll go on some cool trip together. Yeah, but there's cool places within an hour or two where everyone lives that you could get away. Get away to a cool farm. There's Airbnbs everywhere. Um, and I'm just tired of people saying, oh, someday, oh, someday. That turns into 10 years. We dreamed about that, wow. never came up with the money. Uh, and so, man, those limiting beliefs are, are there. Right? The perspective shift is present to us if we'll just pay attention to it. Um, if you wait for the perfect time, it'll be too late. That's, that's my right. conclusion. Do it, yeah. do it now, do it scared, do it semi-broke, do it, you know, whatever you need to. Uh, all right, your book, Love Slows Down, which we interviewed you um, quite a while ago. It actually wasn't that long, but it feels like at least 20 years ago in COVID years. Uh, Love Slows Down, released during the pandemic. I'm curious, Joel, how have you seen that book sort of play out on a larger scale in our culture? Yeah, that's a fascinating question. So the book is the premise is this, that uh, we're the, we have three needs, security, connection, control. We don't get those. So we live in fear of not getting those, right? And fear eventually turns to anger. Mm. So anger is always a result of feeling a threat to your security, your connection with others, or your sense of control, which COVID threatened all of that. I mean, yep. think about what we didn't know what COVID was at first. Everybody's afraid of, you know, security. It threatened our connection. We were locked down. We, you know, for connection people that are driven a lot by connection, that's just the end of the world. And I'm like, ah, I got to see my friends. And for control, that's my corner that I'm sensitive to. Uh, man, you got government regulations. I hate government regulations. And I'm like, what is the world coming to? So there's this threat, right? It eventually leads to anger. And what's fascinating, I made a, a series of version Bible reading plans. Um, you can get those on version; They're free. One's called um, uh, Facing Off with Anxiety and Fear. And then the other one's called Calming Anger. And I thought the Calming Anger one was going to go crazy because I was like, people are going to be angry. But what was fascinating is that as soon as it uploaded last year, that Calming or the um, Fear and Anxiety one, 100,000 downloads right out the gate. Right. I mean, it was like that. And I'm like, and the calming anger, nada. 
like crickets. <laughs> <laughs> none, of, none of us believes we're angry. Yeah, right. Well, none of us believes we're anger. Well, here's what's fascinating. This year, it's flipped on its head. The huh. anger one has shot through the Interesting. roof. And the anxiety one is not so big of a deal, but that's what always happens. It starts with fear and anxiety and you don't know right. what to do with it. And it builds up, builds up, builds up, and eventually builds into anger and scapegoating, right? right. So it's like, rah, and, and, and I've just seen it in, mm-hmm. in our society. Yep. And I thought that was an interesting thing because it follows the pattern. I thought anger was going to take off because anger is kind of my hot button issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't sit around in my fear a lot. I just shift to anger because it promises power. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the leaders do that. It's like things get out of control. If I can right. get angry and start yelling enough, we'll bring things back into the into control. Right. Um, for people that are in the connection corner, we found they don't like to call it anger. They prefer to call it frustration. So right. when somebody's like, ah, I don't get angry, I get frustrated. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I know. I, I got yeah. your number. You're a connection exactly. guy, right? Yep. Uh, so what I, that was a fascinating thing to me. And I see right now is that's kind of the cultural zeitgeist is anger. And last year it was fear because we didn't know what we were dealing with. Now we kind of got a control on things and now we're just angry. Some people are angry at the government. Some people are angry at the people that are, are vaccine hesitant. Yep. Um, everybody's angry. Just, and yep. other people are angry at you for calling me, you know, I'm not, you know, right. everybody's just, it, that's, that's what the shift has been. And eventually, yeah. scarily enough, anger eventually shifts to violence if it's not dealt with. Right. Um, yep. So I've seen that and that's mm-hmm. what the book is about. And yeah. Yeah, man, so much there. We could dig in a whole episode on that. And I think we probably need to and talk about anxiety, anger, that shift right there, even lack of connection. Um, again, we're not in a um, pre-COVID world. We are not just in the midst of COVID. I, I would call it extended COVID. Uh, we'll never, we'll never end this season COVID. Um, and I think it's just important to go to a few friends and to take just a general pulse of, of where am I at? And some of the you know, fears in us, like it's not been pretty. Some of the fears that have come out uh, in me and my wife and I talk about, because I'm not generally an outwardly fearful person. Um, and yet turns out I'm human. I have kids. So of course I'm fearful reacting um, to some of their fears in the midst of, of that, trying not to be um, an angry dad in the midst of that when we're fearful, right? I'm one of those guys that would say, oh, I don't get angry. I get frustrated. My wife and I both would have said that. Right. And then we had kids. Well, it turns out they know how to poke bears really well. Um, so it's, it's just been helpful guys to talk about it, to talk about our anxiety. We're all carrying that. Um, and a resource, if you haven't heard of, um, managing leadership anxiety, Steve Cuss leads over the capable life. You've had him here on the podcast, phenomenal work on lowercase a anxiety. So good. I watched that episode. That was a great episode. Man, Steve is is the real deal. Leaders, we carry that anxiety. Parents, we carry that anxiety. And it is contagious. Uh, to my, my counselor taught me a term, limbic resonance. Whatever we're carrying is contagious to other people, right? If you're uh, warm and affable to other people, it turns out that it can actually rub off. Uh, but man, when we're fearful and we're anxious, that's going to create whole cultures of that around us um, for good or for ill. And um, man, so much there. All right, Joel, if you could wave a magic wand over leaders right now, what would you hope would happen? Uh, the, the courage thing is the key, the key thing. We need courageous leaders right now, uh, not reactionary, but core driven, driven by their core values, like people that know what their core values are that are going to, like you said earlier, put their head down and move forward in spite of all the noise around us. Oh, there's going to be another shutdown. Oh, the economy is the, um, 
You know, it's a horrible time to be building anything because of inflation. You know what? Right. King Solomon said, if you, if you watch the wind, you'll never plant. Yep. Um, and if you're, if you're looking for the environment to be right, for you to be courageous, there's never going to be the environment. Uh, what's that? What's the investor guy? He says, you got to be brave when everyone's scared and scared when everyone's brave and everybody's scared right now. So if you can yep. be brave, you'll see, you'll walk into Machu Picchu and get the place to yourself. And eventually everybody's going to show up. Uh, but right. the first guy through the wall tends to be the bloodiest. So mm-hmm. you got to keep pushing through the walls and people will follow. Courage is contagious. And I just see the weak, the weak thing. Uh, the big weakness I see is a lot of reactionary leadership instead of courageous leadership. And courage doesn't yeah. mean you're ignoring the facts or just bullying your way mm-hmm. through. Courage means you admit you don't know what exactly where we're going, but we're, we're going to be clear about what we're doing. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right, man. Lightning round. Here we go. Uh, one thing you're dreaming about in 2022. Getting my retreat center complete. <laughs> <laughs> Not swinging hammers anymore. Uh, uh, yeah. A meal you've eaten recently that was unbelievable. Oh, man. I had this Provencal chicken the other day. It was like uh, thyme. It was literally just thyme and olive oil. And it was this explosion. I, I don't know how they do it. Yeah. Uh, something that people say that drives you crazy, a phrase, a thought, a question oh, that drives you crazy. Specific. Oh, I know. I know. I know. I know. I, I try and get my daughter to stop saying that. It's like a you know, four-year-old says, Hey, two plus two equals four. I know. I know. I know. I'm like, well, maybe you don't know. Like I, I don't like people saying, I know. I like people saying, Oh yeah, I've heard that before. But when somebody says, I know it, it just, it rings of closed mindedness to me. Like, I don't mm. want to be shown that there's something I don't know. That drives good. me insane. That's yeah. good. That's good. <laughs> a book that's had a major effect on your life. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> just like 70. Um, I would say my one. top, my top. Oh, I only get one. One, a book. All right. Well, the, I mean, my ultimate top book of all of all is probably orthodoxy by GK Chesterton. Mm, there you go. Um, if you were going to yeah. say the Bible, I was going to get you on a disqualification. Okay. GK well, Chesterton, can, you know, orthodoxy. Yeah. Yeah. Orthodoxy by Chesterton. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Uh, two of your favorite movies. Uh, let's go one serious, one funny. My two favorite movies. My favorite movie of all time is the mission. Um, Robert De Niro and that movie, my wife, anytime I'm watching it, my wife is like, Oh my gosh, that is so dark. Why are you watching that movie? (laughs) It is dark. (laughs) Yes. Uh, the mission. And then my second favorite movie that's like, is the big year with, uh, Owen Wilson, Jack Black and Steve Martin, a powerful, powerful message about priorities and values. And it's couched in such a masterful way. It's just it's about birders. The movie's about birders. Who do you think like, but watch it. It's actually free right now. I noticed it's free on Amazon prime right now. So if you, I don't know how long it'll be free if by the time it airs, but yeah, big year. There you go. All right. A habit in your life that's bearing a bunch of fruit right now. Uh, getting up and writing, even when I don't feel like it. Awesome. And, uh, the last thing, uh, last, but certainly not least is you walk into a dark alley. And standing in that alley is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And you have to defeat this beast of a man. Yeah, I would probably use negotiation at first. Um, 
And if not, I would just go all gangly as I could. No, no holes barred. <laughs> negotiation. You are the first person, and I've asked many this, to, to start with the negotiation piece. I believe in you, Joel. I think you actually could bend his mind in that. He seems like a nice guy, so I feel like he'd make some kind of compromise there. You would emerge victorious, maybe with all of his money, his wallet, influence. I don't know. Something you would leave with something that he had when he walked in <laughs> there. Uh, Joel, you're a brother from another mother. Love what you're doing. Uh, again, cheering you on as you swing hammers and finish the, the last of this retreat center. We'll have you back on the podcast. I love the way you think. Um, you are not just a dreamer, although you actively dream, but you're actually a doer. And that I think connects us um, as there are so many people that talk about doing stuff, but you're always shifting, doing something new, having real conversations with leaders Man, appreciate all the work that you do. Yeah, man. I want to thank you for, I love getting your, my, my favorite email that I get from you is the, what I'm learning. I always open those emails because it's just, there's such valuable, first of all, it's packed power packed, short email, but it's super valuable. And I love this. If, if somebody's listening and is not subscribed to that email list, um, that's something you definitely need to get. I'm grateful for that. And the other thing I'm super grateful for using it to prepare for 2022, this puppy right here. Boom. So thank you for this. This is the, the right side up journal outstanding. Honestly, these questions are a little bit intrusive, but I need to answer them. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> like yeah. Monday, Monday is forgetting your, uh, your violation of um, what you thought was coming. I mean, we're literally on Monday, we'll talk about family of origin. We'll talk about people that you um, have looked down on. We'll I mean, it's just interesting. And it's long enough, Joel, that even with me curating it, um, I'll forget what's coming uh, the next week. And it hits me again. And I'll have a slightly different answer. Kind of like reading the same scripture a few months yeah. apart. You'll have a completely different um, set of thinking. So I actually don't think that um, I think we could stay on the exact same version of it and be fine. I think I could go back to version one and continue to answer that. Uh, but man, I, I just have not seen good goal setting. And when somebody is struggling to know how do I actually live out my annual goals, I will say, go to the beginning of this journal. I will send you one for free if you can't afford 20 bucks. Get to the beginning of this journal, break it down into quarters, break it down into months, uh, and then weeks, and then just daily. What do you need to do every single day? It sounds like writing is one of those disciplines for you um, to get you where you want to go. And I just think in this culture of fear, the culture of anxiety, it is begging us to just take our hands off the wheel, just quit for a while, um, just do your next right thing. Put social media away. Stop paying attention to what everybody else is doing on the externals of their life just take your next right steps. And thanks for um, the compliment on the email. I honestly have set out to like write an email people actually want to open. And I love hearing people say, hey, thanks for that, because I'm already learning. And I feel like I'm learning more than I can actually take in each month. Uh, and I'm graced to be able to talk to amazing folks like you here on the podcast and um, have conversations. So I just want to share it. So if you're interested in that and you're listening, um, just shoot an email to hello at stayforth.com and we will get you connected to the Changemakers email every other week. Here's what I'm learning. Here's what I'm doing. Keep up the great work, my man. Cannot wait to come down to your retreat center. Maybe we'll come hang out sometime. Yes. Thanks a bunch, man. So long.